0: Hogan Johns. The ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. That's on us, you know. We made this. That's what we're striving for. Perfection. So guys, uh, it's a disappointing season. Very frustrating.
1: You can't run the ball, you can't throw the ball, you can't catch the ball, you can't run the right routes and you can't block it.
0: Given the expectations that we had, I think that everyone had, our fans had. I
1: agree with our guy here, Hoagie Cat. Obviously they're going to the Super Bowls, but uh, I don't know where they're losing three games.
0: So we go 8-8 eight and eight after making the playoffs the year before. It was unacceptable.
1: How the hell are you supposed to do anything offensively when all that happens? Yes,
0: I'm hopeful that we'll straighten it out and the guys will return to the level of play that they had in 18. WGN Radio presents Bogey Johns. I think you heard it from Ryan and Matt. Um, I have all the confidence in the world in both of them. They're the reason that we had a 12-4 year in 2018 and we regressed in a whole lot of areas. Trubisky to the end zone and he's going to picked off. It's Adrian Amos who comes back to haunt his old team. With WGN Radio's Adam Ho and from The Athletic, Adam Johns. To the N, to the G, to the a. I think we, we should be able to turn it around next year. I mean, we were 12-4 and 4 just a year ago. We have the coach of the year, the executive of the year. They haven't lost their abilities, and we haven't lost the talent level. We just got to be able to maximize it better this coming season. Here they are, the Adams. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Hogan Johns. Bang, bang into
1: the room. What's up? Welcome in is officially the NFL offseason. Finally, although I feel like we've been in it for three weeks, four weeks, a while. Well, we've been in the Bears offseason, but uh, unless we're going to be breaking down XFL games this weekend. Pass, hard pass.
2: I'll probably watch a total of 30 minutes of those games across the board. 30 Yes. Yeah. I have very little interest in it. I'll, I'll probably tune in to see our guy, Mark Tressman.
1: I was going to say, you don't want you, you, you to support first marky mark? Five-yard, three-yard pass. I see them turning it off. <laughs> oh, there's the Elshon Jeffrey slant. Whoever the running back is will get 110 receptions. In that league, that's deadly. Yeah. I think. I don't know. Uh, there's my analysis. There you go. XFL, welcome in. Hogan Johns as we uh, will talk about Super Bowl a little bit. Got some bear stuff, obviously, to discuss as well. And it's the Tuesday following the Super Bowl, which means it's mock draft season. It's also the start. I'm of not it. mocking it. I love it. No. I do enjoy it.
2: You just did one. I saw it. Quarterback in there.
1: Yeah, which I didn't feel great about. But seventh round, I'm with you. Yeah. You want to take a flyer. I just did it for you. Throw a name in there. I get it. Yeah. No, I actually, I've been following Stephen Montez for a while now. Sure. But he hasn't. Sure. No, dude, <laughs> I li- you, you got to understand. That. Sure. You got to understand that when I've been in Evanston all day or been on a road trip and get home. At uh, ten thirty at night, uh, there's Pac-12 after dark going on the TV. So that's there's true, a lot yeah. of Colorado football on, and uh, that's why my guy Lavisca Chenault that I've been on yes, for two yes, years yes, now. Yes, well, yes, who's yes. the guy throwing him the ball? Yeah, okay. Stephen Montez. That's fair. All right, but he hasn't taken the, the steps anyway. Lavisca well, Chenault. That's a hell of a name. All right. Hey, I love the Bears to take him, but I think he's going to be gone by forty three.
2: Yes, you're, so. you're looking at a maybe possible first round first round pick there.
1: Yeah, so we'll discuss uh, the some NFL draft stuff here coming up as well. Adam Hogue, Adam Johns here with you. Follow us on Twitter at AdamHogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. That's where the mock draft is up now. And the Athletic, the Athletic app, that's where you read Johnsy and all the uh, great stuff they have up on the Athletic, as well as our bonus podcast, which you could still get. We'll have another episode later on. In the week, up there on The Athletic. Uh, thank you for everybody who listened on Sunday for a four-hour pregame show leading up to the Super Bowl. Heard a lot of um, good stuff from our listeners. I appreciate you guys tuning in. And that is up as a podcast. I realize the game has already happened. There was some new discussion in there, some Bear stuff. A little Trey Robertson. Roberson? Roberson.
2: Roberson. Roberson. Trey Roberson, And uh, Mitch Trubisky's surgery.
1: Yeah. Plus a couple new interviews in there that hadn't been heard. Um, Kyle Long's in there. Kyle Long. Current radio star in Chicago. Right. I have some things on Kyle Long that I want to discuss here. Kyle Long is uh, filling in on capping company this week. He's the company. He is the company. And he's already given us a couple uh, talking points that we'll discuss here in a moment. But uh, I want to start with the Super Bowl reaction and everything we saw the other night. Before we get there, though, I do need to tell you that this episode of the Hogan Johns podcast is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Fight for Air Climb, presented by United Healthcare. Are you ready for this yet, Johns? No, I've actually gotten off the, the workout bandwagon. Nice. I,
2: <laughs> the Super Bowl and the, the gluttony
1: of the Super Bowl did you, not help. You were like the typical, typical American that worked out for two weeks in January. <laughs> no, I had a good thing going. Yeah.
2: Good thing going. Got busy with some work and children getting sick and just kind of filled up my day. Yeah. We'll get back on it. We'll get back on the grind.
1: I'm with you. I'm I'm planning tomorrow. It's the post Super Bowl party workouts. And then tomorrow, we'll be planning on tomorrow. I was doing great. I also, I was out of town all last week in Miami, so I didn't go to the gym. Um, But you walked the beach with Pat Finley. That counts. I did. It was a little bit of walking exercise. I don't know how much that's going to help me climb a four. Towers. I was actually downtown the other day. I was looking at the presidential towers. looked a little intimidating. I, I, do we have to do them all? You don't have to. Okay, I feel, you, I'll feel good about one. You don't have to, but we're gonna do. We're gonna do them. <laughs> so you have to. Yeah, we're Yeah, but our listeners. I'll just pay. It's fine. Our listeners do not have to, uh, and we want you to join us. It's happening Sunday, March eighth, at the presidential towers in Chicago. The teams from WGN Radio and WGN TV are inviting you to be a part of the biggest stair climb in Chicago. And the Hogan Johns team is going to be there uh, alongside. Johns and I will both be doing the climb. You can sign up to do it with us. Here's what you need to do. Go to the WGN Radio events page at WGNRadio.com slash events. There you'll see the fight for air climb listed. You click on it. You find the button to register again at WGNradio.com slash events. Find the fight for air climb. Click on it. The button to register is right there. You'll automatically be added to our team. Then you just gotta start training, doing a better job than Johnson's been doing. Of course, why <laughs> do we air. Yeah, of course. What, point. Why do we do this? Because the fight for clean air and healthy lungs belongs to all of us. You do not have to do all four towers. You can do one, two, three, or all four. If you do all four, that's 2,340 steps. How many? Aren't you supposed to get like... How many steps in a day are you supposed to get? 10,000. So it's like, you know, a good start to your day. Now it's a little different because there's stairs. (laughs) A little. (laughs) I get it. A little. Like you said, those buildings are intimidating. They are when you're standing there looking up. Yes. I mean, they're not that tall, but there's four of them. Yes. You can do this. The American Lung Association fight for air climb at presidential towers. All right, Super Bowl. All right, let's continue this love fest. What'd you think?
2: So, in the middle of the third quarter, I turned to my friend and we were enjoying some beers and some dips and some uh, Italian beefs. Typical Chicago like Super Bowl party. And. I mentioned to him, like we we said on the show that the only surprise of this game would be a Patrick Mahomes stinker. I think I said that after a second interception could have had three. We said that on our pregame show. Yes. That's what I said. Yes. And I thought it was happening. Yeah. But so I would like to take credit for the turnaround. Me mentioning that to my friend (laughs) changed everything. Karma wise. Did not happen. Did not happen. Um, an exceptional performance by him in the end. Was was not good over the first, I don't know what, two and a half, three quarters. I felt like the 49ers had their opportunities to put the Chiefs away. I really did. But Mahomes, 10 points is nothing to the Chiefs. It's nothing. Too fast, too good. You almost saw it coming when the 49ers couldn't put them away.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think in many ways that game played out uh, kind of how we both thought it would even though more plays in the end by Mahomes That's exactly yeah, what i thought we had different predictions i thought the 49ers would ultimately win um because i thought they could bleed the clock out to the end but i thought in there Mahomes would play well and punch back um but you know they no you thought Garoppolo would punch back well i thought they both i thought yeah and and Garoppolo was fine he was fine um uh, essentially the 49ers did what I thought they would do for most of the game, and then the best player in football just took over. And that was not a surprise at all. So, honestly, it was a good game with almost nothing that was surprising, except for, like you said, that moment in there where you're kind of early fourth quarter, late third quarter going, man, Mahomes usually doesn't play this poorly. Yeah, yeah. But then he has, I mean, the key moment in the game, he has the underthrow to Tyreek Hill that, Hill's not able to catch. They originally called a catch. They overturn it. It's third and 15. The 49ers make a stop there. They are sitting golden. They get the ball back. There's seven minutes to go. They got their running game. And the Chiefs do what they do because they're capable of doing it. I mean, in that situation, the Bears would have been toast. I'd I like to make a point on that play.
2: How the hell you leave Tyreek Hill that wide open, on that play, in that situation. I understand. So I have the answer Okay, that. go ahead. Okay. What is it?
1: Um, He's they, fast. I get it. No, 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 no. <laughs> but they ran that play earlier in the game. And uh, Peter King, I saw that, but P- Peter King had a great part of his Monday, his Monday morning. Well, it's not that anymore. He's a it's fantastic, fo- right? Well, football morning. Football morning in America. America the, the morning after the Super Bowl is the best day to read that an entire year. He always does good stuff, but that's the best and. Uh, it's a play called Wasp, and Patrick Mahomes wanted to run it. They had run it earlier in the game. So when you're wa- wondering why Jimmy Ward, right, that was in coverage there, the NIU former NIU safety, turns the wrong way and basically gets spun around. When they ran it earlier in the game, first of all, Mahomes knows it's cover three. They're going to get the safety one-on-one with Tyreek Hill, which is a good matchup. Earlier in the game when they ran it, Hill ran right at him and stayed there. So, it's same place coming at you again. You're the safety. You see him running right at you, first of all. Like somebody that fast is running at you, and you're kind of backpedaling. You're already in a vulnerable position. But if earlier in the game, he had kind of stayed in the middle, you could understand why he flipped his hips to the left instead of the right. And all of a sudden, Hill goes the, wrong, the other way, and that's why he was wide open. So, this goes back to the Chiefs have great players. Yes, they have players. Yes, that's the the that pressure
2: pressure defense. They ran that. Did you see the replay of that in slow motion? He still looked like he was Tyreek Hill. Still looked like he was running at full speed. Like yeah. like his slow motion speed is like the regular speed of everybody else.
1: And I believe Mahomes took a nine step drop out of shotgun, yeah, which is unheard of. And he uncorked a pass that I think traveled fifty four yards in the air, which. In terms of air yardage, was the longest pass he threw all season, which was very surprising to hear that. But it came up. Well, with- they're a big yak. I don't think people realize yeah. how much the playmakers
2: help him. Now he's a special quarterback, but he's got exceptional playmakers. Travis Kelsey caught the touchdown in the end zone wide open. 49ers completely bid on that. I had problems with the, the coverage on that Tyreek Hill play. He's the, their most dangerous threat. In that situation, his speed is the difference maker. You know Mahomes is going to have something. You know Andy Reid is going to have something drawn up on him. Even if they had to play, they ran it earlier. He needs to have somebody underneath him and somebody over the top. That was an underthrown ball. He threw it to a spot. Yeah, he had pressure. I think it was Nick Bosa again who had a great game. He threw it to a spot. He
1: did. He dropped back and he said, "I'm gonna. I need time. I'm gonna launch this ball into an area of the field and trust my receiver to go get it." Yes, which is a great. That's a great time to be okay with just tossing a ball up because it's third and fifteen. You're punting anyway. Yes, you know if it's you, like a punt. If you get picked off there, it, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. So it's a great call. Unless it's return. But yes, well, yeah. And I, yeah. Agree, I just want to defend the safety there. I'm with you that I I question the call defensively. And Robert Sala was having a great game, you know, to that point. Um, and then it's just sort of like the 49ers immediately went on their heels. Obviously, confusion on the touchdown. How you let Kelsey wide open. You had some kind of blown coverage there. Some misassignment. Seemed just
2: like a simple play action. Roll out
1: play. Yeah. So, look. The Chiefs are better. Mahomes is better.
2: There's another point I want to make about the like pressures. Like, he was under pressure a lot. And I think a lot of analytics, even us, overrate pressures. There is... The importance of of sacks finishing yeah. the play in this era when you have quarterbacks like Mahomes and Deshaun Watson who can elude such plays and elongate such plays, there are numerous instances where I thought Mahomes was going down, but he's strong enough to get out of it, quick enough to get out of it, poised enough to get out of it. In this era of quarterbacks, of mobile quarterbacks, sacks for let's not overrate pressures finish the play, sack the quarterback, get him down. These quarterbacks are good enough to make plays on the move. They're poised enough to do it, especially Mahomes. You saw it. Yep. Because he was under pressure. And that pressure, in the end, wasn't good enough
1: to beat him. You know, it's get a, him down. It's a great point because I think we're at the point now with all these quarterbacks that can move where we're counting pressures in situations where – A quarterback's being flushed out of the pocket and still makes a play. Well, that shouldn't be counted as a pressure. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Okay, he pressured him out of the court. uh, But sometimes these offenses, that's what they want to have happen. Yeah. That's the point. That's why we keep talking with Trubisky. It's like Aaron Rodgers. He's good on the move. If if Trubisky gets out, that's a good thing for the Bears. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you got to get him to the ground or contain him. Yeah. And one thing the Chiefs did so well in this game, especially Chris Jones... You kept Garoppolo contained, and you got your hands up. You know he batted down those passes, which were huge plays, huge plays. So it's a great point by you. Sometimes you know we're we're going off these analytics or, or these pressure stats, and or a guy just moves a quarterback. It's misleading. Yeah, yeah. Now, now it's the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. We we saw it for years. Now, if you miss, if you miss, if you force a quarterback off his spot force an incompletion because of that or force an errant throw, then I'm down with that. That's a that's a play that, okay, you didn't sack him, but you should get credit for impacting the play. Yeah. But if we're talking about just simply flushing a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes out of the pocket where he's almost deadlier, probably is deadlier, that shouldn't count. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, a lot of these things, like the whole Drew Brees thing, the Saints were built inside out. You can pressure him off the edge all you want. He's just going to step up and complete his throws. Yeah. Just, just... You know they're coached this. The coaching and the the game planning he has evolved offensively, where they plan for this nuance of the game, the pressure of the game, and these speed rushers provide it. And these coaches have adjusted to it, and these players, the NFL, the game has adjusted to it with quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes.
0: That's not cliche talk. That's real talk.
2: All right. Uh, any final thoughts on the Super Bowl? I think there's a lot of overreaction with Jimmy Grapple. First full 16-game season.
1: Gotcha you there. Coming off ACL, too. He's all right, San Francisco. Bay Area, relax. I will say, I thought he missed Kittle three times in the game, which really surprised me. Um, now, it's easy to say... He also hit Kittle at the end of the first half. I know. Which was a ticky-tack call. I hated that call. I really... I didn't like that call. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. Let I, 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 them play. The letter of the law probably was Could have a different outcome. It, it, the letter of the law is offense, pass, interference. Okay. But then if you're going to call it there, then you need to call it the other 10 times it probably happened in that game that you did not call it. Wide receivers and cornerbacks are fighting on every play. So if you're going to call it there, you need to call it the whole game. Yeah. That's what bothered me about it. And And along those lines – there was three instances in that game where the quarterback got hit in the head. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, I'm personally okay with them not calling it because none of them were egregious and none of them really, you know, were forcing any kind of possible injury to the quarterback. You didn't need to call it to protect the quarterback. Yeah. Let's put it that way. But again, my problem with that is all three of those I feel like would have been called in week two. Yeah. Okay? So... And correct
2: me if I'm wrong, but one of those plays where Jimmy Grippolo got thrown out of bounds, wasn't a guy like two
1: steps off sides? Oh, absolutely. I, that was that was probably the worst call of the game. I don't know how they missed that. Shanahan lost his mind. Yeah, it was a third down. I, at first, I thought he was yelling because
2: Jimmy Grippolo got thrown out of bounds, but then you read lips a little bit, screaming off sides. It
1: blatantly offsides. Yes. It wasn't even close. No. I don't know how they missed that. I mean, overall, I thought it was a, it was... Oh, I thought it was a well-officiated game overall. There weren't any major blunders. Um, that was the closest. I still season. hated the call at the end of the first half. I though. did, too. Yeah. I didn't like it. Uh, but I mean, that, that's, that's an outcome-affecting call. That, that's score-changing. But, but along those lines, um, Kyle Shanahan didn't deserve to get that call because his clock management there at the end of the first half was awful. Just awful. Way too conservative. Yeah. Didn't like it. He almost got bailed out. Jimmy almost bailed him out with that throw. And they it's would have gotten the field heck of a goal. throw, yeah. man. Um, but I thought Garoppolo, other than missing Kittle a few times, played well. The throw uh, that's going to haunt his dreams is overthrowing Emmanuel Sanders at the at end. At the end, there he, yeah. he wasn't completely open, but he had a step and. Didn't even We've come seen close. completions like that. Yeah, didn't yeah. even come close. And yeah,
2: he's a good down the field passer.
1: It reminded me of the play people forget from the playoff game against the Eagles last year, the Bears game, when they tried that shot play to get Anthony Miller, and Miller had a step, and Trubisky couldn't connect. That was different than a blatant overthrow because there was pressure. And if I'm if my memory. Serves me correct. Kyle Long admitted that he allowed the pressure, which forced Trubisky to get rid of the ball early. That didn't allow Anthony Miller to get down there to catch the ball in time. But that was the play. You never have the Cody Parky double doink. Yeah. If that pass gets completed. And I love the call to take a shot there in that moment where it's gotta be it's gotta be end zone or nothing. Yeah. yeah. Cause you, cause you, uh, it's like a forgotten
2: play from that game.
1: Yeah. It is. Um, all right, speaking of Kyle Long, we've been talking about Kyle Long a lot lately. Yeah, well, you're hanging out with him. Well, we speculated over the weekend that he could probably have a job in radio soon. Here we are on Monday. Two days later. He's the company. He on is. On Cap and Company. He's on Cap and Company, and I was listening this morning, so giving full credit to my man David Kaplan and uh, ESPN 1000 these were there's some talking i think i was almost sitting there taking some notes here cuz i'm listening i'm getting some things done around the house this morning and I'm like Kyle long saying some things here <laughs> yeah this is this is good stuff this is good stuff so a couple things i wanted to bring up um there was a caller that called in asking about jordan howard um no, it no, was the guy is it, it the guy from London that calls into that show all the time, George. He Berlissimo. Yeah. He listened to our podcast, so he's gonna love that we're talking about this. But he called in with a great question, topic we've talked about all the time running out of bigger personnel. And the bear's success in doing so, Nagy's unwillingness to want to do so. And Kyle Long basically said when you when you're running with bigger trucks, you have a better chance of moving the smaller trucks on defense. And he he's really talked glowingly about J.P. Holtz, the fullback this year, who I thought had did a tremendous job yeah. and was a little underutilized. Um, so not necessarily surprising, but it was interesting to hear Kyle Long kind of go along with a lot of the things we've been saying, which is like, let's tweak this playbook a little bit. I don't have, to have a massive overhaul, but... You know, some more twenty one, some more run heavy, some eye formation. North south stuff. Yes. Yes. I mean less shotgun. I don't think David Montgomery's entirely comfortable running out of shotgun. We don't have to see that all the time. I'm not saying get rid of it. Just mix it up more. Variety. The James
2: Daniels stuff you mentioned though. I'm like eager to get to it.
1: Okay, so he was asked Sorry. About, Well, he was asked about who should be the center. Yes. And Kyle Long almost immediately interrupted whoever brought that up. It jumped so quick. Cody Whitehair's the center. Cody Whitehair needs to be the center. Very emphatic about that. And when he talked, and then he said James Daniels can be an all-pro at guard. Okay. But should not be at center. He's just too quiet for the position. And I'm paraphrasing. I'm hoping I get all because right, I know Kyle Long This is a podcast too. so. But I'm, I got this all right. I mean, this is what he said. He said, not knocking James Daniels can be an all-pro guard, but Cody Whitehair needs to be the center. He's more vocal at that position. And James Daniels, we know this, he's a quiet guy. Very he, quiet. He's, and, and it's not just one of those guys that, like Kyle Fuller, who might not like to really say a whole lot in interviews, but by all accounts is you know more vocal around his teammates. James Daniels is quiet in general. And when you're the center and you got to bark out the mic and the protections, you need to be that's a problem. loud and emphatic. In loud, opposing stadiums, that's a major problem. But that stuff we can't necessarily hear during the game. So to hear the guy that was next to him as James Daniels was at center during all the games Kyle Long played this year, that was, uh, that was interesting to hear that.
2: I wonder how much that falls on Harry Heastand, whether that's a coaching thing or just a player personal thing.
1: Well, at a minimum, there's a there's a problem that that wasn't uh, identified better before they decided to make that switch yeah, last offseason. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I get part of that switch was to provide Trubisky with some some comfort, but I, I would lean towards more player player responsibility there. In, in terms of changing your voice inflection, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? Maybe he's confused by what he's seeing. He is learning. He is a young player. He is actually very young age-wise. Yeah. But that's okay. Like I I, I don't think it's a missed evaluation. I, I agree with Kyle Long. Once he went back to guard, James Daniels was a much better player. He had a I strong think, finish to the year. I think eliminating some of those responsibilities helped him. Mm-hmm. Center takes a, a, a different personality.
1: And plus, Cody Whitehair and, and you talk about comfort with Trubisky. Those two guys are... Tight. Yeah. Yeah. Like really tight.
2: Good friends off the field too. Just in terms of like centers that Chicago knows well, like Owen Cruz. Mm-hmm. Talk about a personality. No problem with that guy being loud at center. Everybody heard him. Guarantee. Yeah, He's One of the smartest football players of the two thousands too for those Bears teams. Jay Hilgenberg. Guy was what, like a seven time pro bowler for eighty five Bears? I guarantee you that there's some personal personality there. Guy was in commercials. Black and Blues brother. Yeah, I think the person personality matters there, especially in that position. And I have no problem if the Bears are okay with keeping James Daniels at guard. It works. It worked. That's his position.
1: It's gotta be and Cody Whitehair should be the center. Unless they find a uh, you know, someone in the draft that can be like an all pro center for a while and I think Whitehair's been fine at guard, but then he's gotta go to guard and well then
2: you have that transition all over again. Right. Exactly.
1: I think in that poor, track, just keep Cody White here at center. The poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he's proven he can play either one. The yes. problem was James Daniels at center to me. That's what it seemed like to me. And I think that things got better. And this brings us to the next point to Kyle Long that I wrote down from Kyle Long's uh, host co hosting on Cap and Company today. Um, I would say that that whole center debacle was one of the things that worked against Mitch Trubisky early in the season. Again, as we said emphatically on Sunday, not making excuses for the season, but these are all things that are part of the discussion. I think that's part of it. But he was asked if Jay Cutler had been the quarterback in 2019 and not retired Jay Cutler, like Jay Cutler in his prime. So 2011 pre-thumb injury Jay well, Cutler? Well, even like Adam Gacy or Jay Cutler, let's say. Okay. Okay. If he had been the quarterback in 2019, would the Bears have been better? offensively. And again, another emphatic answer from Kyle Law. No. There's no quarterback would have been successful for all the reasons he listed earlier. I missed part of the early show, but I, apparently he went through a number of reasons of what was wrong with offense, which is probably also interesting. I'll probably go back and listen to it. Um, but he basically said, for all the reasons I talked about earlier, there's no other quarterback would have been better. Like yeah. That. So... Again, speaking to this idea, which in the full conversation, nobody's making excuses for Trubisky's play, but I also think it's 100% accurate to say that between the injury, some of the circumstances on the offensive line, the way things were called, the way things I think were misidentified that Trubisky could do properly yeah, compared to other things he might like to do more, he was not put in a great situation in 2019.
2: No. The whole quarterback conundrum is so layered. It really is. So layered. And I get, look, they're going to change that room. There's going to be someone different in there than, than Chase Daniel with Trubisky, Tyler Bray. Thanks for coming. See you later. With all due respect, as they say in the piss. <laughs> it's going to change. And it should. Trubisky needs to be spurred on just, just differently. This is a big year for him personally. His career is not over yet, but it could change significantly if things don't change significantly for him this year. But it is so layered. It really is the whole tight end thing. I mean, Kyle Long had to mention JP Holtz. It's the whole play calling thing. It's Kyle Long's own situation with his, his hip, his groin, all the things that were going wrong. It's the center situation. It's, Receivers still in the wrong spots. Not only when they line up, but like as the play plays out. Yeah. A lot of issues going on, a lot of things for Nagy to address, including his own issues in, in terms of play calling and, and play design. So yeah, there's a lot in the plate, a lot of lot of things to for, for them to eat and digest as they get through the film of of, of this of the 2019 season.
1: I, I want to give Kyle credit because he's he's just to give our listeners an idea, he's kind of in a tough position right now. He's he's almost got like one foot still inside Hallis Hall. One outside Halas Hall, trying to go through a career transition, which is always tough for these former players. Yeah. Especially when their careers end probably faster than they expected them to. But like
2: he said in in your interview with him in Radio Row, he seemed, he said he was at Comfort. Yeah. And it's not like his career just ended like four
1: weeks but, ago. But what I'm saying is he's been out for a while. These people he's talking about are all his close friends yeah. and teammates. You know, recent, recent teammates. So I I just think he's done a really good job of admitting the issues and analyzing them, which is what he needs to do now in this you know new career that he's trying to go. He's going to be a natural. In it. I, I agree, but while also protecting you know his interests inside House Hall. Hogue, still. Johns
2: and Long or Long Johns and Hogue? Long Johns, Long <laughs> Long Johns.
1: You're just out. <laughs> Long, <laughs> Long Johns and Hogue. There we go. I do wear long johns in the winter sometimes. I like long johns.
2: But don't it. No, don't care.
1: Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, very interesting stuff. Long johns and Hogue, But we've seen former
2: players like make this transition before. He like He's working with Cap. He just has to stick around and learn from one of the best in Tom model. Talking about a team legend who became e- even more so post-career in the media. I mean, Kyle kind of Long can learn from these guys. Oh, my famous Vikings pick.
1: There it is. Uh, a couple of NFL notes I want to discuss before we get to the mock draft. Uh, some news that came out right before we started recording here. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to play back-to-back games at Wembley Stadium this year in London. A lot of speculations over the years about if there's a team that ever moved to London it would be the Jaguars. Um, I still don't necessarily think that's going to happen. And in fact, I believe some of the rationale here for why this is happening is because they're doing some construction in the area in Jacksonville. They're actually making improvements to their facilities. And so this will allow them to you know spend more time on that. Um, the tie into to the Bears here is as soon as I saw that, I'm going, ooh, the Bears are supposed to play in Jacksonville this year. Let's this, do it. We're we going back to London? I need a redo. Yeah. After what happened last time. Yeah, you do need a redo. That was unfortunate. Um, but it was quickly then reported that the Bears and Steelers games will be played in Jacksonville, not London, which makes sense because those are the two opponents on their schedule that are definitely going to sell that place out this year. So
2: I was living through the news and memes here. Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network put it out. "Like two games in London, Bears are out there. You know, one of those please me memes and then... You know, I had to go to the old Skeletor one where you're like, no, you know, I'm playing in Jacksonville. But then Kevin Fishbane, my athletic partner, said. I've heard of him. Yes, you know him, Fishman? Yeah. The legend, the le- legend of I don't Fishman. I know about legend. Legend, yet. the guy, Fishman. They play the Falcons this year, the Bears, do they not? And the Falcons have a game in London. Okay. So
1: I just don't think that they would go two years in a row.
2: Mm, come on, have hope.
1: Here's the thing. Hope. About, here's the thing about London. And uh, which team was it? There's a lot of speculation. The Lions are going there this year. Organizations, the franchises, like to go to London. It's great for the global brand, correct? The general manager and head coaches and the coaching staff—they don't necessarily like it. They got enough on their plates, and they're dealing with a nine-hour flight. Overseas, and everything that that entails, and you saw that with the Bears this year, and and you and I felt that. I mean, you had you were sick. sick, but beyond that, um, it took a few days to recover getting home. Yeah, we're not even playing in a football game, so it's I don't I just I don't know that they would go there two years in a row. I would love it. Oh, I wouldn't complain about it. That'd be great. I need a redo. You wanted to see more. Come on, let's be selfish here. Oh, I'll be selfish. I'll go. I definitely... I didn't see enough... I didn't do enough sightseeing. Yeah. Got see. that Great Abbey Road pick, though.
2: Yes, we did. That was we just need one more dude.
1: Yeah, it was... Uh, the, well, Kyle Long. There we go. We got the Long Johns and Fish. Long Johns, Hogan, Fishman show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, got, we got too many people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would actually be funny. Just us three, like... Normal size human beings, and then all and 6'6", Kyle, six two hundred eighty pounds of Kyle Vaughn.
1: Uh, uh, probably not. Yeah. Um. So anyway, it doesn't. We do know the Bears are going to be in Jacksonville. That's what we learned today. I think the ultimate outcome in the Jacksonville Jaguars thing is almost a regular. Almost they play like four games a year in London. They be, and they kind of become a split franchise. <laughs> Hey, the the, uh, the Rays talked about doing that. Do you remember that? Yeah. They were going to be like half Montreal, half Tampa. Yeah. It's weird. It is.
2: Seems such like an interesting political dynamic to to work through.
1: Yeah, that is tough. I don't know. I, I just think it's not feasible to have a team mm. that has to make – like, I honestly, if, if you do that in the NFL – like
2: a split situation like that, the NFLPA better get involved because yeah. that affects
1: the lives of your players. Well, I'm sure they are. I'm sure I'm sure they will be. Um, but you can make it work schedule-wise there. Because like, the problem right now is if you put a franchise in London the whole season, the schedule would have to be like, you'd almost have to play three home games in a row. And then three home games again later, and then two. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't just be home away, home away, home away, home away. Because that team that's in London, you're going to make them make like eight trips overseas during the season. It's like the Jaguars out playing the back to back games. Yeah, you have to do some. You have to do probably two of those. Exactly. I mean, there's ways to do it, but it gets very, very complicated. Um, I mean, I'd be fine if they moved the Detroit Lions to London
2: (laughs) (laughs) with Joe Muir's?
1: Forget Joe Mears. We go to L- I know. I'm just kidding. Go to London every year. Yes,
2: you like? I
1: you like, asked me to be selfish. I'm being selfish. One now. out of three
2: episodes. You just ripped the city of Detroit.
1: No, eh, more like three out of three. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe Mears is all I like about Detroit. Uh, and I enjoyed my one time I covered a Blackhawks Redskins playoff game there. Blackhawks Redskins. Or <laughs> yeah, Red that Wings. Would, That would be an interesting game. Yes. The Red Wings. Red Wings. The Red Wings. Old Joe Lewis. Yeah, that's where I was at. Great press box. Not a great press box. Oh, the old Joe Lewis? Yeah. Great sight lines. Oh, great sight lines, but there really wasn't a press box. No, it was not a press box. You were at a bench, like a a bar bar table. Yeah. In the seats. It was a cool experience for one time. I wouldn't want to work there every time. (laughs) Uh, The other big news this week is the NFLPA is supposed to vote on the 17-game schedule, and it sounds like if they are okay with it, this CBA could be wrapped up quickly. Uh,
2: That changes a lot of things for free agency. I haven't seen all the details or everything that's going into it.
1: Well, and that's why everything's kind of on hold right now because it sounds like if the NFLPA okays the 17-game schedule, now that wouldn't go into effect for another year. But the agreement would be there. Then this C B A would get wrapped up and that could be in effect for this offseason. Correct? Yes. Or at least if it's not if there's not parameters that specifically go into effect by March, the, the owners and general managers know what they're operating with in future. Correct. Yes.
2: yes. Yeah. And the agents too. So exactly. you you would have the deals would be different. Mm-hmm based on what the structure of that CBA, CBA is. Yeah.
1: And the whole point here is if you go to a 17-game schedule, the money comes in, players get paid more, you get an extra game check. I don't know what the specifics of that, what what's going to look like. I am still a big proponent of if you're going to expand the schedule by adding an extra game, expand the schedule by two weeks and add a bye week. So you have two bye weeks. The biggest reasoning for that is it doesn't make up for you having to play an extra game, but it does give you an extra week of recovery in there. Yeah. Um, I already think the more I'm around this game, the more I think coaches and players are just, like, overwhelmed and stressed. There's, oh, there's, yeah. There's no time. So getting an extra bye week, I help from that standpoint. But more than anything, we are talking about money. You're expanding the season by a week. You're getting a whole extra week of Monday night football, Sunday night football, Thursday night football, all of these revenue games. That's what the, all the money's coming in right now. I say this all the time. These teams get a check every year with just the TV money that already covers their entire payroll. Yes, yes. So all this money that they're spending on players, salaries, and all this stuff in terms of revenue – it's covered by the television money. Before we even start talking about tickets, concessions, and every corporate sponsorships and all that stuff, the TV money is covering this. And the more TV money you have coming in, the better. And I don't know why fan So fans might complain about, like, ah, there's another week without Bears football. You're getting two extra weeks of football in general. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I'd say shorten the preseason by one or two weeks. This, I would say two weeks. This also would offset the cost of the lost revenue from that. Because one week of regular season football on television is significantly better than two weeks so whatever, of preseason. preseason yeah. Forget the preseason. Nobody forget watches the
2: whole preseason. Not,
1: people aren't watching preseason. I mean, people are watching preseason yes.
2: football,
1: but not to the level of it if you add two extra weeks at national primetime games. Yeah. Two extra Sundays of work. But not really. Well, because I'm, working, we're, I'm working the preseason we're we're working, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, yeah, exactly. I'd much rather have those games be regular season games. Yeah.
2: Start the season a week earlier. Let's go.
1: I love it. I, I think they should do it. I think the players... I, and it's easy for me to say I'm not playing the games. And it's tough to play 16. Well, financially games. it makes sense. But they're going to get paid more money. Yeah. They're going to get paid more money. So I, I think it's a win-win for both sides. Especially if the NFL is making concessions too. on Things like marijuana... Yeah. Coming off the table, which the MLB has dropped that. That's something that should be dropped as well. When you have
2: states every year passing the legalization of
1: it. and, the, just and get on board. And the amount of o- opioids that are being taken anyway? Yes. Yes. Uh, Give them a healthier outlet. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of things here. This just doesn't. Now, if they don't approve the 17 game schedule, it sounds like this thing is going to drag on and. Compared to 10 years ago, it sounds like they're way ahead of the game. Yes. When they had the lockout. Then they come out of the lockout. Flurry of free agents. The Bears trade Greg Olson. Hey, he's a free agent. He's not visiting the Bears yet, though. (sighs) Yeah, I don't know how much he really has left. He'd be great. Just go to Fox. Go join a television booth. Go. We're these, guys it, these extra two weeks. All of- these guys want one more shot at it. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, uh, we'll wrap things up with the mock draft, which I'm sure you're thrilled about. I like mock drafts, Adam Johns. It's just
2: different when you got the Bears. You don't have a first round pick. I like the idea of two second round picks.
1: Well, it's better than last year when I was mock drafting third, third round, round picks. picks. So,
2: David Montgomery, come on down.
1: So here's the thing. Um... As I remind everybody every year. Now, you can read this on uh, WGNRadio.com slash Bears. I don't do these to predict. I know a lot of people do their mock drafts. They try to pick, you know, nail down the picks. When you're doing a seven-round mock draft, I don't know what the percentages are. Every once in a while, I actually do get a pick. Like Jordan Howard is one that I had I think DeAndre Hall was one that I had but more times than not a whole year, a whole draft goes by and it's not a single guy that I had in a mock draft that's usually right. what happens the the point of these is to just get the conversation going I like to watch college football. I watch it all year. I do sidelines for Northwestern. So I see a lot of these guys in person. And so the players that I do know about, I try to bring the ones that I think could be fits for the Bears to the forefront. So readers, listeners, you can at least read and listen and hear about them. Just one point on this to, to add to your your point. Don't
2: discredit... Everything you read in mock drafts because teams do their own mock drafts. That's true. They do their own projections about where guys will go. Do you not remember the David Montgomery conversation last year about how they kind of mocked it correctly? They mocked the actual trade correctly with the Patriots. They had targeted the Patriots as a possible trade partner. In terms of compensation, they got it 100% right. They mocked it. So teams do this too. It's all about who could go where. Obviously, teams' grades are different than the grades that we have. They have more information,
1: medicals, all that stuff. But it's a fun exercise. And speaking of that trade, that's one of the trades that is impacting this trade in terms of picks that the Bears have. Now, um, of the 10 years, and it's amazing it's been 10 years that I've done these Bears mock drafts, this is by far the most complicated year in trying to figure out what picks the Bears actually do and do not have. So quickly, let's go through that. The Bears do not have a first-round pick this year. Because of the Khalil Mack trade. Everybody knows that. They would have had the 19th overall pick. That goes to the Raiders. They also do not have a third round pick as a result of the Khalil Mack trade. That is the final selection that the Bears are giving up in this deal, this Khalil Mack trade. They do not have a third round pick because of the Khalil Mack trade. Then you mentioned the David Montgomery trade. In that David Montgomery deal last year, there was actually a number of picks involved And in it, the Bears gave up their fourth-round selection this season. So their fourth-round pick goes to New England, and they do not have that fourth-round pick. However, they are gaining, so they lose three, they are gaining four picks. The second-rounder from the Raiders in the Mac trade, the the pick we've talked about for a long time that we couldn't believe that they managed to get uh, back, That is the 11th pick in the second round, number 43 overall. That will be the first pick the Bears make in the draft. That's the Raiders pick. It's coming to Chicago. While they lose their fourth-round selection to the Patriots, for the first time since 2009, the Bears are getting a compensatory draft pick. If you say 2009. 2009. 11 years. First time in my 10 years of mock draft, Johnsy, where I have a compensatory pick to add in here. That's crazy to think. Did about. you have to? Sp- did you spell it correctly? Compensatory. Compensatory. C O M P E N S A T O. You're reading it. Doesn't get You're reading it. I see your eyes. Are be- you're looking at it right there on your thing. Well, I spelled it right when I wrote it. Okay. Uh, this is by virtue of losing Adrian Amos in free agency, but remember, in the middle of the season, to secure the compensatory pick, they had to release Mike Davis. Yes, but they do get it. All right. Then there was the Jordan Howard trade, and there was a conditional pick that was either going to be a fifth or sixth rounder. From what I understand, this will be a sixth round pick from the Jordan Howard trade. And then there is a conditional pick from the Khalil Mack trade that could have been a fifth, sixth, or seventh rounder. My understanding is that will be a seventh rounder. Yes. So, all in all, the Bears have eight picks. But they only have two in the top 50, and they only have three in the top 150. So they're going to have to work some magic here with some of these late-round picks, maybe trade up using some of those. I wouldn't mind a trade back. Yeah, that wouldn't hurt either. Trade back in the second round, add something in the third or fourth round. That would make a lot of sense. Play your clouds.
2: It's time to get... Pace has always had this quality-over-quantity approach, but I think at this point with... Some various needs across the board, and limited resources in free agency, at least salary cap wise, you can't really go crazy with it. More, more is better, more swings,
1: especially because you have two second round picks. Yeah, so you could, and they're close. Yeah, you could use one, then trade back with the other until they got Cody Whitehair. Add a third rounder. It all depends on the draft board. But also, I think as as he's shown and proven, if there's a guy they love, he's not afraid to go up. No, no, no. Not afraid to go up and get him. All right. Uh, well, here's a few players I love. Harrison Bryant, Florida Atlantic. This was a complete coincidence that I didn't even realize until this morning. But this is the second straight year I'm starting my mock draft with a Florida Atlantic player, which is a little weird. Devin Singletary last yeah, year? Yeah, last year. I had him in the third round. Uh, he went in the third round. Yeah. And he's had a solid rookie year, too. Uh, this is Harrison Bryant. He is a receiving-type athletic tight end. Perfect. You tight end fit in Matt Nagy's offense. There's going to be questions about him playing in conference USA. Oh, another small school tight end. He played well against Ohio state this year. He looked good in the senior bowl. He stood out to me actually blocking in the senior bowl, which was not something he was asked to do a lot. This guy lined up in the slot, lined up outside more as a receiver. Sometimes he's that type of tight end. Um, couple concerns are his wingspan was a little bit on the shorter end, hand size also. Those are things that are going to certainly be topics of discussion with the scouts, but you watch the tape, the Bears need a tight end like this.
2: Do you have Cole Kmet going before this?
1: Um, the Notre Dame tight end, St. Vider kid, Chicago I think kid. so. Don't necessarily know for sure. Also, uh, Bryson Hopkins from Purdue is another guy I like. I can't pick all of them this was yeah, honestly when when i say this i mean it a lot of times i'm just trying to bring guys um, it's content i'm trying to write about guys so people can learn about them i feel like a lot of people have already linked cole Komet, bryson hopkins i, I think more people need to know about harrison bryant yeah so I, that went into some of my why i picked him here um it, those guys are all good i like hopkins a lot actually i've seen him play he's an athlete play to purdue i've seen him in person. Um that so, yeah. that's
2: that's a position that's a must upgrade this offseason. Yeah. I'm talking about free agency dollars and a draft pick. I don't care, well I would lean towards a higher draft pick, second round, say. maybe your fourth rounder there. See what you could get maybe trade back to the third round, but but you need to add to that position. You absolutely have to add to that position. There's a kid out of Dayton, Troutman. Yeah. Yeah, Adam Troutman.
1: That I don't know. if Do
2: you really want to dip into the FSC pool? Another <laughs> F- CS, whatever it is, small school, yes. Ohio, tight Ty- ass.
1: Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, my no, sa- he had a better showing than like the, the, he
2: turned heads at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Adam Shaheen did not go to the Senior Bowl. That's right.
1: Um, my second, my other second round pick is a guy I absolutely love, Bradley Anai from Utah. I saw him in the Holiday Bowl when they played Northwestern a couple years ago. He, if you watched the Senior Bowl, he was wrecking the game. People could not stop him. It didn't matter who he was lining up against. He was wrecking the game. Um, he lacks a little something in length. He's you know been in Utah for a while. So I think that's why he won't go in the first round. This dude is good though. He's just one of those. He doesn't. He, if the Bears are looking to upgrade their pass rush, you just trust the production. You put him in there. Yeah, up, yeah, yeah. Back.
2: This is going to sound like a cliche. But like in the second round here, you need players who could play right away. Yeah. And just get me football players.
1: He looks like a plug and play
2: player. A- enough man. with the like the, too many scouts fall in love with certain measurables, certain other things. Just just find me the football player. Yeah. That sounds com- like a complete cliche, but I think some people know what I'm talking about. Just get a guy you can throw out there that's a little bit different than Leonard Floyd, who will be on the team. To help Cleo Mack. You know, you it's it's passers and pass rushers.
1: Help, help me. Their-
2: Help you, yes, get this kid from Utah.
1: I like Bradley and I a lot. Uh, another guy I didn't know a whole lot about until like late in the year when you're watching LSU, all of a sudden because they're you know on the college football playoff, and then this kid goes to the senior bowl, too. Um, Damian Lewis from LSU is a Juco guy, was only at LSU for two years, but watching it in senior bowl, I mean, this dude's moving, guys. He is he might not be the most technically sound. Crazy athletic guy, but I, I, I'm telling you, the Bears need a mauler. They need somebody that's just going to just move dudes in the running game, and that's what he was. He caught my eye doing that. So in the fourth round with that comp pick, that's where I went here with Damian Lewis from LSU. Um, I, nothing wrong with drafting a national no, champion no. from an SEC school. No,
2: I'm real interested to see what the Bears do in this, you know, player acquisition period with with their offensive line like that. Th- like financially, everybody has to come back, right? But like Kyle Long, obviously he's retired. Yeah. But like four of the five starters have to come back financially wise. You're just committed to them. But like the whole demeanor of them has to change. I don't know if Juan Castillo can do it, but like something has to be established amongst those guys that was different than with with Harry Heast. And they were they were just a bad running team. Maybe it was schematics. Maybe it was the personnel. Maybe it's Nagy's unwillingness to stick with them, but something has to give up there. I think it's personnel-wise. I think it's scheme-wise. I think it's personality-wise. It all starts up front. Another
1: cliche. But it's true. Yeah. It's always true. Well, I did uh, take two offensive linemen in this mock draft, so um, I think that's something you're going to see them add. I want guys with, with with an edge to them. Yeah, and I think Damian Lewis has it. Yeah. I mean, I haven't talked to him personally. Wasn't at the Senior Bowl. I... uh Always record the you know the coverage of the practices that NFL Network shows, and then the game. I actually watched the game on my way to Miami on the plane, um, and he really caught my eye. Yeah, so uh, like I th- Kyle Long added that edge. You yes. you need some of
2: that nastiness, some some of that bravado, it's just just brute
1: strength and, and the, the aggression. You need that. I'm not gonna go through all these picks, you know, and leave some of them for you to go find on wgnradio.com, but um, two more. <laughs> this kid Antonio Gibson from Memphis just seems like destined to be a, a, a Matt Nagy player. Because he was... His position at Memphis was like literally just hybrid wide receiver do everything back. Do everything type guy. Um, but he's bigger than Tariq Cohen. I mean, that's kind of the role that he had there. But he's six foot. 223. He's a bigger running back. And I like him more running back than... Wide receiver, because I think his route run, Tariq Cohen's probably a better route runner. But it it depends how you look at him. He's either a bigger Tariq Cohen or a smaller Cordell Patterson. Yeah. But either way, he's like, seems like a, just destined to be a Matt Nagy player. Yeah. I I
2: generally think, well, I, I just find it interesting what they're going to do with Tariq Cohen. Eddie Jackson got the contract extension. Tariq Cohen's numbers completely regressed across the board. Do you bring him back? He's a fun player. You know, he was on your leadership council, all that stuff. Interesting. Interesting decision. Like, bring him back this year? No. Beyond this (laughs) year. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, do you draft his replacement?
1: I I think, yeah. This is why I, I like the idea of drafting a guy like Antonio Gibson, who's incredibly shifty, but he's bigger. You know, Cohen's size is an issue sometimes. I think that's why we always joke around about the sideline magnet. He's trying to protect himself. Yeah. And I get it. Um, but it's sometimes it's a problem. So I would probably let him play out the contract, see if you get somebody else in there and what it all looks like at the end of next year. Yeah, but that's fair. Yeah. Okay, and then just to pay off the tease because you brought it up earlier, but Steven Montez, Colorado. He's a big dude. He's six four, two forty, he has a big arm. He's been on my radar for a couple of years. He certainly looks – when you just turn it on a Colorado game, you're like, oh, that guy could play in the NFL. Yeah. Except for the fact that his footwork's all over the place. He does not handle pressure well. and So he can't play in the NFL. <laughs> much, much like Mitch Trubisky, when all that stuff starts to happen, his mechanics break down, he, gets in, he doesn't throw the ball accurately. So you're going, okay, well, then why would you still even take – You will spend a draft pick on him. Well, it's a seventh round. I do believe the Bears need to start taking more swings on these guys. Yes, yes. The old Ron Wolf philosophy. He has the natural tools, so you hope you coach him up. Most likely, I'm not going to lie, it's probably not going to work out, but maybe it does. Maybe something clicks. But take a swing. Take a swing. I am of 100% in,
2: in favor of taking two swings at this. Look, Trubisky's coming back. We all understand that. I want you to sign a guy or trade for a guy. But it's got to be a veteran, someone who could play, not Chase Daniel, someone who could play if needed and possibly start the duration of the season if Trubisky falters in training camp. Yeah. On top of that, you need to draft a guy because even if Trubisky plays well, a little young guy heat could be good for him. And again, you could draft the Mark Brunell, you could draft the Matt Hasselbeck, you could draft an Aaron Brooks. I'm I'm talking about quarterbacks that are drafted. By the Packers. They went on to be starters. Two of them pro bowlers. Well, the Packers had Brett Favre. Yeah. And they also took Aaron Rodgers. Just take a swing. Take a swing. And another swing.
1: <laughs> Just don't strike
2: out. <laughs> yeah. But do it. But do it. You've Brian Pace has talked about it since he got here. It's time.
1: All right. So there it is. Bears mock draft 1.0. It's 2020.
2: It is. Well, it's. was 2020 like a month ago but But just
1: like seeing it it's like oh man we're getting old here well that's what happens (laughs) it's life buddy uh, what yeah all right uh anything else no i'm starving (laughs) okay (laughs) priorities john's has to go eat that's gonna do it for us i guess on this uh this episode it's good though it's fun (laughs) Okay, coming Thursday on the Athletic, full breakdown of the XFL. Yeah. All eight teams will make our picks. I think the Fishman is actually putting something up about that. Of course, he we can talk about it. We can call him up. We should call the Fishman. It's been a few weeks. We should talk to him. Uh, no, we're not really going to. So we, could, we could really call him. Maybe but... we'll make playful XFL picks. But no, we're not going to break down the whole league. What, what are the team
2: names? Like the Vipers, the Pirates, the, the Vipers, the Rattlesnakes, the Defenders.
1: Um, that's the, all I got. The Avengers. The <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> the X-Men. <laughs> I got to pick it back up with the Marvel movies. I think I've only watched one since we had that discussion. Which one? Iron Man 3. That's all right. I think the next one is one of the uh, Captain America. I downloaded it, but I ended up working on both flights to Miami.
2: Aren't you just so diligent? Yeah.
1: I was proud of myself. All right. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Read us. Johnsy's all over the athletic. That's where we'll be later on this week. To get your bonus episode of Hogan Johns. Appreciate everybody listening. See ya. We win this game tonight. Adam Hall will be rhetorically dancing with his verbiage. Two outs. Here's Luke Boyd pinch batting.